It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to the All-American Hour with Jordy and the Chief. As we wind down 2023, the sport across North America just continues to heat up. There's plenty to discuss today on the All-American Hour here on SEM with Geordie and the Chief. The NFL season is coming to its close in the regular season as we build up to playoffs now a fortnight away. The NBA season continues on, but there's a few storylines to come out of the NBA uh, this week. And uh, the college football season reaches its climax as well. All that and more coming your way here on the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief. Send your text messages in 0433981116 on the 40 Winks Temper Text. We're here on the last day of 2023. I welcome in the Chief live from New York City. Hello, Chief. How are you? Oh, very good, Geordie. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. How was your Christmas, Chief? Oh, it was very nice. It was uh, good with the family. My sister in from California. Um, great meal. Mom made a delicious lasagna, a meatball, sausage. It was still delicious. Oh, lovely. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, before we get stuck into our, uh, our show uh, for today, I want to go back because last week, I actually was meant to bring this up last week, but I forgot. But I'm going to bring it up today because one of our, uh, our great uh, SEN online uh, workers here, Dom, uh, alerted me to a listener that we had uh, from quite a way away. He sent us, uh, he sent me a screenshot of a, uh, a social media message from a man by the name of Yari Luoma, who is from Finland. And he's managed to tune in to the All-American Hour live from Finland. And this is the message that he sent us. He goes, I listened to your station on December the 3rd, 2023 at 1901 UTC, uh, that time zone, on the frequency 16.11am, I was able to pick up this station ID. Quote, this is the All-American Hour on SEN. Certainly encloses an audio file containing my recording, so he recorded it as well and sent it to us. Uh, my receiving equipment for AM includes our uh, four micro-telecom Perseus receivers with Jaguar software and a wide selection of long wire antennas of 1,000 metres each in the forest. I live in the southeast of Finland and travelled 800 kilometres by train and last and the last 400 kilometres of that by car, uh, just to train uh, just to catch AM stations that are practically possible uh, to listen to only in Lapland. Daily hikes in nature to check antennas is a daily routine and takes me every day to the wild and beautiful nature. That's from all the way up in Finland, and he's tuned in on 16:11am, which is our uh, which is our uh, Darwin frequency. So he's picked up us on our Darwin station, which we simulcast to. And we've got a listener from Finland, uh, Chief. So there you go. We've, we've hit a landmark, I think, on the All-American Hour. Oh, that's wild. Um, <laughs> very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, Finland, I guess, you know, here, it, uh, ice hockey, a very uh, significant number of Finnish players yeah. uh, playing in the NHL. Uh, many on that, their names on the Stanley Cup and very valuable members of uh, teams and members of the National Hockey League Hall of Fame. So uh, I'm sure other sports as well. I'm, I'm just kind of blanking, but 
Um, it's it's great that there's listeners, and hopefully there's a there's a few more around the world that uh, that love American sports, and hopefully uh, happy with what we're uh, we're trying to do with it. Absolutely, yeah. If you if you're listening from from far away, I mean we're we're broadcasting from Australia with an American flavor to this show. But if you're listening somewhere around the world, get in contact with us. Sen the All American Hour, social media, email, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of any other Finnish players in, in professional sport. I mean, there's no NFL players, I don't think. There might have been a, a stray NBA player somewhere along the line. I don't think there's been baseball players. And, yeah, ice hockey is the only one where there's a regular uh, a regular crew of, uh, of Finnish athletes in the, in, the, uh, in the professional sports in America. So there you go. Thank you, Yari, for the, uh, for the message on, on social media. There we go. I don't think we've had a, a Finnish listener to, to many, star, uh, many shows here on SEN. Uh, Chief, let's get into the action this week. The star of the week, uh, who, there's a couple of really big storylines this week across a number of sports, particularly the NFL as we reach the end of the regular season. Who has been your star of the week across the last seven days? I'm going to have to go with a, a team because it was such a team effort on both sides of the football and the uh, Baltimore Ravens just with a, a real lopsided win in San Francisco. Uh, just... Really uh, a bit of a shocker, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, not that necessarily they won, but just how they won and how dominant it was and, and really how uh, how difficult the time Brock Purdy had. and Some bad luck, but uh, certainly struggled and, and some great playmaking by the Baltimore Ravens defense and obviously Lamar Jackson, a quarterback on the offense, uh, doing it both ways with his, his legs and his arm. And, uh, yeah, it really kind of makes maybe the Ravens now uh, right up there. Um, still, I, I saw if there would be a Super Bowl uh, right now, the 49ers would be two-point favorites. So uh, I don't think the Ravens yet are favorites to win the Super Bowl, but right there with uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, huge win. That's a monumental win for, for the Baltimore Ravens this season. It's, uh, yeah, it could, I mean, 49ers on paper, as you said, still favorites, but in the minds of a lot of fans, maybe some pundits as well, uh, experts around the NFL uh, world that might have changed a few minds as to who they think is the Super Bowl favorite. I agree with you. From the start of the season, I had the 49ers as my Super Bowl favorite from what we saw early season, but maybe that win changes things. The, a lot of people, I guess, and maybe uh, some casual, casual fans to NFL who maybe watch the odd game here and there, uh, understandably, and, and probably rightfully so, watch the offense and what the offense do and what the quarterback does, and Lamar Jackson's a big part of that, but... Uh, but you mentioned both sides of the ball, and one of the star, one of the the key aspects of the Ravens this year has been their defense and how good that defense has been. I think they lead the league in in team sacks uh, uh, overall, and uh, they just have such a uh, such a brutal defense. And that really goes back to uh, you know eras of old for the Ravens because that Ravens team, that identity, was all built on defense. That's a great point. I was just going to say that it's been about twenty five years of. The Ravens, you know, there's been moments where they had some injury issues and they were a little bit weak, certainly in the secondary. They've, over the past 25 years, though, I mean, they've really had so few moments where their defense wasn't great. And in uh, moments, obviously, uh, 20, you know, in 2000, when they were maybe one of the best defenses of all time, uh, but some other great defenses, the one that um, really, you know, when, when they won the Super Bowl a handful of years back with Joe Flacco, who we're going to be talking about, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure, a quarterback. But, uh, uh, yeah, this defense, you know, and they continue to draft well. They continue to do a great job uh, coaching, even with new coaching staff. They lost their uh, defensive coordinator. Um, so 
it, it, it's interesting how um, how they keep keep being consistent at, at that side of the ball, Baltimore Ravens D. My star of the week this week goes to the Detroit Lions, clinching their first division title since 1993 and making the playoffs again the first time since 2016 they've made the playoffs and looking to win a playoff game for the first time since 1991 in a couple of weeks once they play their first playoff match for this uh, season. Um, just a, a, a massive achievement from the Detroit Lions. They've been the, uh, the cellar dwellers. They've been the, the bunnies of the league for such a long time. Um, since nine, I'm just looking here, since 1999, they've only made three playoffs, 2011, 2014, 2016. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, from the stat I just said, they lost all those three games. And uh, this team just looks different now. They, they, they're as good as they, um, they're as good as they uh, have, have been probably, I don't know, in the last 20 years, I guess, under Dan Campbell. This is a, this is a complete and, uh, and utter turnaround under Dan Campbell, and I'm so happy for them. I think a lot of people, I don't know... Uh, You've probably got a better grasp on this than I do, Chief. I don't think there's many people out there who hate the Detroit Lions. Maybe they're divisional rivals, but they're kind of the lovable team, and I think a lot of people are happy to see them succeed. Yeah, certainly. When, you're, when you don't have much success and you're just a general underdog, it's, it's hard to hate them because, you know, there's so few times they've beaten a team in a big spot that uh, hurts fans, a uh, fan base. So you're right. That's very true. Um, yeah, this is um, something that they also, you know, this isn't complete shock. As some people saw, you saw them certainly at the end of the year, you know, improve. I'm just impressed that they were able to pull it off with it, it being like uh, not such a surprise. You know, that it was one of those times when uh, a lot of people were calling for it and they were right and they were right on because uh, of how great a job Dan Campbell, you know, Jared Goff just having a solid, you know, he was a first overall pick in the NFL draft. He went to a Super Bowl as a quarterback of the uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams and was kind of a bit of an afterthought in that trade. And, you know, they acquired, um, obviously, the Los Angeles Rams acquired Matthew Stafford. They win a Super Bowl, but Jared Goff's no slouch and obviously is proving that um, they have some, some really great offensive weapons. But, yeah, so much of it is the culture and, and Dan Campbell. And, uh, yeah, I think they, they certainly the, all neutrals are happy to see uh, the Detroit Lions, see a fresh team, and to see uh, yeah, how they compete in a playoff spot. Um, and, uh, yeah, congratulations, Detroit Lions. There you go, our stars of the week this week. Along a similar vein to the Detroit Lions was the Cleveland Browns just a couple of days ago to start off Week 17 of the NFL season, Thursday night football. They beat the New York Jets um, in, a, in an impressive win, 37-20 to 20, the final score, and uh, thus have secured a playoff spot, just their, uh, just their third playoff appearance now since 1995. That was the year I was born, Chief, so just the third playoff uh, appearance since then. Joe Flacco leading the charge as well. This is uh, the fourth starting quarterback they've had for the year with all the injuries they've had. And uh, and and the man or one of the men who have uh, who who battered and belted the Browns for many years when he was a quarterback at the Ravens in the same division, um, and then and then also played for the Jets too, who they they were playing on the uh, on the on the weekend, uh, has led the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs, and it's just it's another unbelievable story. Another team who have been uh, a, a lowly ranked team for so many years, and uh, and in the face of adversity this season, I mean we we forget that they. They lost Nick Chubb at the start of the season, who's one of the best running backs in the league. They've had injury crises at quarterback. They've had other injuries. They didn't have Amari Cooper on the weekend either. And they've made the playoffs. I think this is 
I think this will be one of the stories of the season that Cleveland have made the playoffs with all that they've had to had to um, jump over this season, all the hurdles. No, oh, absolutely, and it's it's really just completely shocking that Joe Flacco off the couch uh, has been able to perform just so well and leading uh, the Browns. It's really I mean, his numbers, his his production has just been fantastic. Uh, the defense, we had always knew the defense was there. They have some real special players, uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, the pass rusher, one of the best defensive players. But what uh, Joe Flacco has done and, and the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, really in the in the favorite uh, role here for coach of the year, considering mm-hmm. how they've been able to do it. And uh, and Joe Flacco, a potential comeback player of the year. I mean, DeMar Hamlin is still uh, favored, and there's some obviously different circumstances there. But Joe Flacco, just amazing what he's done. And uh, the fact that it's it's been somewhat convincing and high scoring, it hasn't been the defense just eking out wins. It's, uh, you know, Mark Cooper had 200-plus yards the, the previous week injured, and then, uh, you know, Flacco's using David Njoku, who, again, we share a nickname. He's the chief as well, uh, David Njoku, <laughs> the tight end. Phenomenal performance. He had 113 yards in the first quarter in that in that game uh, against the New York Jets Thursday night for us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, congratulations, Cleveland Browns. Just to outline the, the gap, I suppose, in Joe Flacco's career. So his last full season as a quarterback uh, was in 2017 with Baltimore. 2017. Uh, so that's, what, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons ago when he started all 16 games with Baltimore. Then in 2018, uh, he had he started nine games. 2019, he started eight games. And around this time was when Lamar Jackson was starting to come through. Uh, he started eight games at Denver in 2019, then five games two games and five games with uh, the Jets in three seasons there. Spent all of this season on the couch, as you said, and then has jumped off and signed at the last minute to be an injury replacement and has led the Browns to a a playoff appearance now with just uh, five games played for this season. Just remarkable. Um, One more before we go to the break. Uh, News this week, Chief, that Russell Wilson uh, is being benched for the Denver Broncos, Jarrett Stidham is going to come in as the starting quarterback for the last two weeks for Denver. And uh, this all, all signs now sort of point to, to Russell Wilson potentially being moved on from Denver. Um, he was given an ultimatum during the week. They don't essentially the Denver Broncos don't want to pay him a guarantee if he gets injured. So there's a sort of an injury compensation guarantee if he gets injured and is unable to pass a fitness test after the season. Um, so the Broncos are trying to avoid that. And told uh, Russell Wilson, either change your contract or you get benched. That was the ultimatum. Russell Wilson said it was a low blow. That's a quote. Um, it's a bit of an ugly situation, really, for a team who have been in playoff contention all the way up to now uh, and still have a slim chance to get into playoffs as well. But this is uh, just a bit of an ugly end to the season for the Broncos and for, for Russell Wilson, who's 35. Yeah, um, it is. It's, there's no other way to say it other than ugly. It's, um, yeah, seemingly a divorce. And uh, almost certainly Russell Wilson will be moving on from him. And then Denver has to figure out what direction they're going to go at a quarterback. And, you know, it's going to be Sean Payton, who's uh, certainly going to be making that decision. Uh, That's where Denver has put their uh, eggs. And uh, Russell Wilson will be finding a new team. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one. We haven't seen this. (laughs) I'm trying to think. I can't remember of a scenario exactly like this. And, um, yeah, it's kind of uh, unfortunate for both the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. Does Russell Wilson still have value? So I've seen the Falcons, uh, the Patriots, and the Steelers, uh, the early contenders to 
to maybe swoop on him. But does does Russell Wilson at 35 past his best? Does does, does he still have value as a quarterback in this league? Uh, I I don't know. What's tricky about it is not at that that insane salary. If he were to take a, a discounted salary. And the one interesting thing that just seems to be a drama and baggage with him that kind of is coming, uh, and is you know the fact that Seattle moved on from him is it says something. Um, and again, yeah, it, but does he in a, in, a, in a perfect situation he definitely has you figure he has some um, certain some value on the field and being a solid veteran uh, quarterback who. Sh- doesn't really make a whole lot of mistakes and in the right situation again at a more discounted price I think uh, it maybe could work uh, those teams are a bit odd uh, you th- but yeah it was a stopgap for a year or two with a younger player uh, yeah potentially Russell Wilson could uh, still have some value this is the All-American Hour on SEN. Geordie and the Chief with you. 0433981116 the text that came in uh, Laurie Markinen from the Utah Jazz is finished there you go. We've got a. Uh, oh, that's bad on me. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. we've yes. Got, we've got a Finnish uh, player. I knew I was forgetting somebody. I knew there was somebody, <laughs> and we were going to get busted on it. But uh, yes, he is. He's a very good player. Thank you for the text. 0433 yeah. 98 11 16. Right, Chief, we've got 15 games to have a look at, including one today. We've got a game later today at uh, just after midday Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, a big game between two teams who have already made playoffs, so it doesn't have, um, I mean, they're already in playoffs, so it's got a little bit of implication, I suppose, to their finishing position um, in the um, in the standings and, and, you know, home ground advantage and all that. But as far as their future, they're already in the playoffs. That's Detroit at the Dallas Cowboys coming up in a couple of hours from now. How much, uh, um, I mean, how, how much, I mean, knowing that they want to try and get some, you know, good position and try and get a home ground uh, game for, uh, for the playoffs, um, how hard do they go or how much do they sort of pull back now that they know they're already in playoffs, these teams? Oh, oh both teams are going to go very hard. Certainly, we talked about Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. He's always going hard. He doesn't uh, slow down for anyone. And, you know, there's always, yeah, potential at home field later on, seating. It's it's important in the NFL. You want to be home. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I, I like the Cowboys in this spot because they are home. They have a great home field advantage this season, Dallas. And they're six-point favorites. I actually think they win by more than that. Uh, kind of feels like it means more to, to the Cowboys coming off a couple tough losses where they got really trounced in Buffalo and then uh, lost a very tough, close game uh, against uh, Miami. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, Dallas is in a, in, in a, in a good situation uh, for this one. The Baltimore Ravens host the Miami Dolphins in uh, tomorrow morning's 5am games here in Australia. And for the Ravens, uh, they will clinch the AFC North title with a win or a tie, or if Cleveland lose their game, which they didn't. So just a win or a tie for Baltimore. Simultaneously, they'll also get the AFC number one seed as well with a win. But they play the Miami Dolphins, who are 11-4 and four and on the way to playoffs as well. So this is... Another game back-to-back for the Ravens against a, a highly fancied opposition after beating the 49ers last week. But I suppose many people will be confident in the Ravens that they can do the job. Yeah, though, uh, you know, only three-point favorites at home. So really uh, expecting it to be a, a very close game. Uh, it was a Monday night trip from back from San Francisco, cross-country for Baltimore. 
Uh, Miami, yeah, interesting spot that they're uh, really given a very good chance to win this game. And I, I, I do as well. I just think it's uh, interesting. There was one loss, if you look at the Ravens. They lost to Cleveland at home where Sean Watson really took that game over late. And I could see maybe um, Mike McDaniel finding some flaws in the defense. So I, I give Miami a real chance to pull off the upset against Baltimore. The New Orleans Saints take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. So these two teams will be uh, playing divisional matchups both this week and next week. Week 18, or the final week of the regular season, is always divisional matchups. Um, but this week it is as well in the case of the Bucks and the New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay will clinch a playoff berth and the NFC South title if they win or if they draw and Atlanta lose, or if they tie, I beg your pardon, right terminology. But so Tampa Bay have had a, uh, after what was a really lean middle patch of the year, they've now gone on a winning streak, and uh, you'd think now they are definite favorites to make it out of the NFC South. Yeah, but just two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. So, again, kind of a little of an odd line. Um, you'd think that they would be at least three, three-and-a-half. But, uh, yeah, uh, you got to think Tampa Bay at home is the, is the team uh, here in this game. It's just a little odd. The Kansas City Chiefs take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this is pretty important for the Chiefs after the form that they've been in recently and the loss that they had last week against the Las Vegas Raiders where – there was just mistakes happening on offense. They were turning the ball over. The Raiders scored a couple of defensive touchdowns in that game. The Chiefs are nine and six. The Bengals in this matchup now for Kansas City are eight and seven. Um, Kansas City can still make the playoffs and win the title in the AFC West if they win or tie. Um, but I suppose, I mean, they, they surely, I would imagine, would be still favored to make the playoffs overall. But... Uh, goodness, it comes with a, a a bit of a a bit of a cloud now after some of these performances they've been putting up. Yeah, it's it's really surprising to see the Kansas City Chiefs offense struggle this much, but it shows you know they just so little talent at wide receiver, and um, teams are just shutting down Travis Kelsey, and there's just not a lot of other options for Patrick Mahomes. Though they're six and a half point favorites at home against Cincinnati, and you, you got to think they get the win. Um, Jake Browning coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, Jamar Chase, maybe not 100%. Uh, um, I, I give the Chiefs, uh, you know, a chance. Uh, obviously a chance. I think they're going to win, and uh, probably by more than a touchdown. The Seattle Seahawks play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 8.05 tomorrow. This will be one of our broadcast games on SEN. And for the record, tomorrow's NFL broadcast on SEN is the later window. So normally we do the 5 a.m. window. Tomorrow we're doing the 8 a.m. window, so the three games there. The Steelers and the Seahawks are one of them. Both teams are 8 and 7, and the Seahawks can probably count themselves a bit lucky now that they've managed to string some wins together. After losing four games in a row, they now have the ability to clinch a playoff berth tomorrow if they win, and uh, the Green Bay-Minnesota Vikings game is a tie, so it's unlikely, but they could do it the week after. But they put themselves, I suppose in a good enough position now to to make playoffs, the Seahawks. Do they beat the Steelers tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. With uh, Geno Smith, he's you know healthy, I think, now. And um, great home field advantage there. Pittsburgh playing better. Mason Rudolph uh, got a win, a nice big win. But, uh, no, I like Seattle to, to win that one, uh, I think, uh, on the easier side. The Buffalo Bills take on the New England Patriots. A nine and six Bills against the Patriots, who are four and eleven. The Pats have already been eliminated from the season, but the Bills can make playoffs. Now there are fourteen different scenarios for the Bills to make playoffs, uh, given other results tomorrow. I'm not going to go through all of them. I think 
the most likely one, though, would be if they win, if Pittsburgh lose and Cincinnati lose as well, which is all very possible too. Uh, so they could they could actually pretty realistically make the playoffs tomorrow, even though there's a whole different range of scenarios. But you'd favour them nonetheless to beat the, pa- the Patriots tomorrow. Yeah, 14 different ways. They're favoured by 14 points, two touchdowns at home. You'd have to think, yeah, Buffalo doesn't have a problem at all. Uh, you know, New England playing better, playing, you know, showing some pride. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would expect, uh, yeah, New England was the team that just yeah, knocked Denver, Denver uh, Broncos' chances away. And the reason why, uh, you know, no more Russell Wilsons. But, uh, yeah, Buffalo should win easy. Atlanta take on the Chicago Bears. The Bears not technically eliminated from playoff contention yet. They're 6-9, and nine, but they are last in their division. The Atlanta Falcons still in the mix as well in that NFC South race. So this is an important game for the Falcons. Just have to win this one against the, uh, the Chicago Bears. They are away to the Bears. Bears home game. Yeah, Bears favored by uh, two and a half. I, I would think the Bears win. Uh, it, you know, Justin Fields is a really talented quarterback, and Atlanta has too many holes. Uh, the next game to look at is Las Vegas against Indianapolis. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, now I'm just double-checking, they still are in playoff contention by a slim margin. Uh, are there any playoff... Let me just check the, uh, the scenarios here. No, there's no playoff uh, scenarios. So no uh, direct implication for playoffs tomorrow, but obviously can't afford to lose a game uh, for these two teams with the, uh, the Colts on an 8-7 and seven record and the Raiders 7-8 and eight at Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I can't believe how well the Las Vegas Raiders have been playing. And I had that bl- big blowout win uh, against the, the LA Chargers and they bounced back with another you know great performance and they just continue to impress. And our, our four-point underdogs, this is a early start uh, for a West Coast team in Indianapolis for Vegas, but... Uh, I don't know if that matters. They seem to be so focused. So uh, they're four-point underdogs, but I, I like Vegas to, to pull off the upset. Do you think Antonio Pierce gets the full-time job as the coach of the Raiders next season? I, I, I can't see how they don't give it to him, you know? It's just been – they've been so, uh, you know, good and productive and um, – you know, the, the players just seem to have such high respect for him. And, it, you know, if you have some proof of a guy being successful, why go and try to find someone that you don't know will be successful in the situation? And, uh, yeah, I, I, I see him getting that job just off of the performance of this team. The L.A. Rams, 8-7, and seven, take on the Giants, 5-10. and 10. The Rams' most likely playoff clinching scenario will be if they win and Seattle lose. Uh, their job, though, is to beat the New York Giants, who have been uh, a little more entertaining to watch, I suppose, simply for the phenomenon that is uh, Tommy Cutlets at the back end of the season. But the Rams on the road here, would they be favourites? Oh, they're favourites, yeah. But, and it won't be Tommy Cutlets. It'll be Tyrod Taylor, quarterback oh, for the it? New York Giants. Yes, yeah. And I actually think that's probably a better situation. You have a you know a real veteran quarterback, someone who's been established, was a starter, won games, a lot of games as a starting quarterback in the NFL so that, that gives Tyrod uh, gives the Giants a much better chance, and I think that's uh, a very nice move, very uh, good move by the New York Giants for you know the respect and competition. This game really means something for the LA Rams, and I think the Giants are, are trying to win, and I think they have a they have a chance to really pull off the upset. They're six point underdogs at home. I think they battle. I think it's close, and uh, LA uh, Rams no no lock to win that. Arizona travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The Eagles already into the playoffs. The Arizona Cardinals eliminated. So Philadelphia win. Yes. 
Yeah, certainly. Uh, big favorites, 12 and a half. And, you know, still in a battle for the, uh, the you know, best record overall, which is very big uh, in the NFC. Same story goes for the 49ers who play, uh, who take on the Washington Commanders. Commanders eliminated, 49ers into the playoffs already. So same story, I guess, applies to the 49ers. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett, though, playing a quarterback for the uh, Washington Commanders. Uh, another situation where he's a veteran, has won a lot of games as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so a uh, tough spot here, too, for uh, the 49ers, having played that Monday night Christmas game and then flying and playing at 10 a.m. Uh, their body clock time in, uh, in Washington. But Washington has a lot of injuries to the defense, so I would expect Brock Purdy to look a lot better and his receivers and yeah, you know, Samuel, Kittle, uh, Ayuk, all to score touchdowns. <laughs> like one of those big monster games for uh, San Fran. I think it's going to be hard for Sam Howell to keep his starting position into next season. He has been pretty ordinary uh, for, for, the, yeah. for the last couple of months. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I was kind of wrong. I thought earlier that he's kind of maybe established himself. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I don't know how much of it's coaching. I kind of feel like the coaching's kind of quit on that team and, Almost kind of they're in a tank mode a bit, though. So starting Jacoby Brissett is is giving them a, a bit of a chance. Carolina, <laughs> I think Niners, yeah, Niners win. Yeah, yeah, Niners for me as well. Jacoby Brissett has played well in the in the snaps that he has had for the Commanders. Uh, the Carolina Panthers take on Jacksonville. Jacksonville now in a sticky position here. They've been uh, losing their last couple of games. Still on top of the AFC South, but only by uh, head to head. They are eight and seven, eight and seven, eight and seven with the Colts and the Texans win loss record. And they've lost four games in a row. Surely they don't make it five tomorrow, Jacksonville. Yeah, you wouldn't think Trevor Lawrence is out, ruled out. He's going to miss his first start as an NFL quarterback. Still a TVD who's going to play there. Uh, but Carolina, yeah, you, you can't think that they're going to mount a big enough effort. Even with Jacksonville with the backup quarterback, they should be able to do enough on offense. Uh, Jacksonville favored by four. You, you got to think they win. And the flip to that is their divisional rivals, the Houston Texans, will get their quarterback back. CJ Stroud set to return for the Texans. So this is one of those other eight and seven teams in the AFC South. And they take on the Tennessee Titans, who have been eliminated already. So the Texans are going to put pressure right onto the Jaguars. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's great to see CJ Stroud back. That should give Houston a good edge. I'm seeing... Uh, TBD for Tennessee, so I'm not sure if it's going to be Will Levis or Ryan Tannehill, uh, but I don't think it matters. I think Houston gets the win. Uh, Fair by four, I think they win by more than that. The Denver Broncos take on their division rivals, the uh, LA Chargers, and there are no playoff direct playoff implications <laughs> for the Broncos tomorrow, but uh, who are you favoring in this game with the Broncos at home? Uh, Jared Stidham versus Easton Stick. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Denver favored by three. Uh, yeah, I think they, they probably show some some pride. And, uh, you know, with all the headaches around, I can see the team focusing, believe it or not. I like Denver. And uh, Green Bay take on Minnesota. Both teams seven and eight in the NFC North. This is Sunday night football. So uh, both teams still with a slim chance to make the playoffs. And this is uh, this could be... A sort of a pseudo-elimination game. Yes, and we have another quarterback change I think, with Jalen Howell, I believe is his first name. Uh, Jalen Howell, I'm, I'm blank, maybe blanking on his first name, but the quarterback for uh, the Minnesota Vikings. So there's another quarterback change. He, he did start one game earlier in the year, got hurt. Um, Minnesota's one-point favorites at home. 
against uh, Green Bay. Uh, boy, it's it's as much of a toss up as that. I, uh, I yeah, flip a coin. There you go. Our NFL preview for Week 17. It's all getting pretty uh, pretty tight now at this stage of the season. We are effectively in the last fortnight now of the college football season. Chief, this week it's been bowl season all week long. We've had all the different bowls, uh, bowl games happening around uh, the USA. And uh, at the back end of the week, we have more of the uh, more of the prestigious bowls. And today we had the Peach Bowl earlier today. Ole Miss defeating Penn State 38-25. Uh, and right now we've got the Orange Bowl between the number five seed Florida State and the number six seed Georgia, who were both uh, looking in line to make the uh, the college football playoffs, but were uh, ousted in the final week of the regular season in college football. And right now it's the end of the first quarter. Georgia lead Florida State seven nothing. But uh, these bowls, uh, as some people have uh, have uh, alluded to, are kind of nothing more than exhibition games. But the bowls like these, these ones, Orange Bowl, Peach Bowl. Uh, Cotton Bowl as well, a bit more historic and, and have a bit more prestige to them, don't they? Oh, no, absolutely. They go back, you know, 100-plus years of uh, the history of these bowl games. They, you know, I guess the bigger issue right now is so many players opting out and star players not playing because they don't want to get injured, you know, before the NFL draft, and you can totally understand that. Uh, so that, that's been a big issue. On top of injuries, on top of players transferring and the transfer protocol uh, and the transfer um you know, players entering the, the transfer portal, sorry, and uh, they're not playing. So there's a situation, yeah, Georgia and Florida State where the two teams left out of the playoffs. If it was a 16 playoff, those two would have been in. Uh, but Georgia, 23-point favorites in that game against uh, Florida State because of uh, Florida State missing so many players either due to injury or uh, sitting out. And they just scored again uh, at the top of the second quarter. The uh, Now, the, the important games, the ones that are... Uh, that do matter and are live, so to speak, uh, the uh, college football playoff semifinals. These will be taking place on Tuesday, Australian time. So the 2nd of January, 9am is Michigan and Alabama, the one versus the four seed in the, uh, what's that, the Rose Bowl. And then in the second game at um, quarter to one in the afternoon here in Australia is Washington against Texas, 2v3 in the Sugar Bowl. What are your predictions for these games? Who do you think wins and who makes the final? Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick uh, Michigan to beat Alabama. They're actually slight favorites, though. If you ask the average person, more people are taking Alabama to win that game. And I don't think it's going to be pretty, but somehow I feel that Michigan is going to uh, get the win, whether it's a late turnover. Alabama may outplay them, but just one of those situations. Whenever you, you feel like the whole side's on the underdog, uh, even though it's the slightest of differences. Uh, so I'm going to go with Michigan to win that game. In the Rose Bowl, just so much history goes back to 1902. The Rose Parade is our New Year's Day um, event for, you know, not really for for guys, but for, you know, if you're into parades. Um, but, yeah, big deal there. And in uh, the T- Texas-Washington Sugar Bowl, the other semifinal, uh, Washington are uh, four-point underdogs. I think they pull off the upset. I, I, I think Washington just feel like they have had a little bit more magic this year. And Michael Penix Jr., quarterback, I think he has the, uh, a big play to win. I think it's another close game, though, very close, very exciting. I think both games are, are really, really, really good. What's the what's the naming uh, history behind the Sugar Bowl? Oh, sugar, yeah. Production in uh, the Sugar Bowl is in New Orleans. Uh, it's a great you know time to be uh, celebrating New Year's and sugar. 
uh, I guess, a lot of trade from the Caribbean up through New Orleans. Uh, yeah, the Orange Bowl, South Florida, uh, you know, obviously cotton in Texas. And, you know, a lot of it is the and then there's obviously a, a million others. But generally, it's that uh, was the product of the peaches are famous in Georgia and that was in Atlanta. So that's really the general connection is what was your produce <laughs> that you create and the location. So sugar in New Orleans, uh, uh, I don't think they make sugar there, but they certainly trade it, uh, and, and certainly did then. There you go. Wow, a bit of history on the uh, on how they name the bowls. I don't think a lot of people would have would have known that. Um, quickly, let's pivot to uh, to NBA now. There has been a uh, a story brewing this week in the NBA, not for great reasons. Uh, if you're a Detroit Pistons fan, uh, the Pistons chief have now lost 28 games in a row, setting a new single season losing streak record. The previous was 26 and tying the all-time record for 28. The previous record was done over two seasons. Uh, Detroit have now equaled that 28-game losing streak, the equal worst in NBA. Today, they play the Raptors a little later on this morning, um, and a loss here could tie the all-time losing record across the four major American sports um, through history, going back to 1942 in the Chicago Cardinals. Now the Arizona Cardinals lost 29 games in a row in the NFL. Um, this is not a great record to have, but uh, it's it's one that's happening right now. What is what is going wrong at Detroit? Yeah, it's it just everything seeming to break down. They had a great chance to end this streak in Boston. Huge underdogs, obviously, in, in Boston. Probably one of the hardest places to win in the whole league and had a huge lead uh, going into the second half. And um, yeah, Boston got it together, sent the game to overtime. Uh, it looked like Detroit had this broken in, in an amazing spot to break it, too. But uh, it seems like teams just don't want to be that team now. And obviously Boston, you know, trying to win every game. And they had their stars out there. No one's sitting. Now, what's interesting today is they're playing to, uh, Toronto. Toronto just made a trade, trading away um, OG Anunobi to the New York Knicks. So he won't be in the lineup. The players they're acquiring, uh, RJ Barrett and uh, Isaiah Quickly, they won't be in the lineup yet for the Toronto Raptors. So this gives uh, Detroit a chance, just three and a half point favorites at home. So really, you know, less than two to one underdogs. So I, I think Detroit, I, they, I think they break it. I think they get the win against a shorthanded Toronto team at home um, after really playing a great game in Boston. They deserve to win. We are coming up to the end of our program this morning. One off the text from Tim in Brighton. Good morning, Jordy and the Chief. The Cowboys need a win to keep their NFC East title hopes alive, but can they stop a two-game losing streak and to beat a quality team going into the postseason? Tim from Brighton. P.S. Happy New Year. Indeed, Tim, thank you. Happy New Year to you and to you as well, Chief. Have a great, uh, have a great New Year and we'll catch up again in the new year next week in 2024 yes uh, happy new year jordy and uh yes good uh happy new year to all the listeners out there excellent stuff uh, that's it for us here on the all-american hour enjoy the nfl football coming up uh this week and we'll catch up again uh next year stay safe over the new year period catch up again next week see ya